Good morning, everybody, and welcome to welcome to worship this morning um, on what is our church anniversary weekend in the the year in which, um, as a body of Methodist people here in Bamberbridge, we're celebrating 200 years since the opening of the first chapel in Bamberbridge. Um, and uh, although the, the, the work of the, of the people in the Methodist tradition goes on longer than that, it's, it's 200 years since the first chapel opened. And um, we had a, um, a talk yesterday around the history of Bamber Bridge, and um, Eric put together some, a display which is still on the walls and on the table at the back, and I just, just quickly want to say thank you to Eric for that, because we did thank you yesterday, Eric, but it was after you had just left. So thank you very much for putting that together for us. And uh, it's still there, for, for, if you haven't seen it this morning, to look at afterwards. Um, one other announcement this morning. Um, next Saturday is the Christmas fair at Trinity Church at Gregson Lane. I think it starts about 10 o'clock and, uh, and through, and I think there's lunches at lunchtime as well. So um, if anybody's able to support our friends in, in Gregson Lane, it's their Christmas fair next Saturday. Um, we welcome Karen this morning to lead our worship. And as we start our service, let's just have a few moments in prayer. O Lord, we lift our eyes to see your glory. We open our hearts to receive your love. We engage our minds to understand your truths. We offer our songs to praise your name. Lord, as we give you our lives, please take everything that we are. Amen. Welcome everyone to worship, sorry I'm not in the right place, I think it's moved. (laughs) Welcome to worship. Let us open our hearts, our minds and our eyes to see the generous gifts of God and respond with praise and thanksgiving. We're going to um, put our masks on and stand as we sing together, bless the Lord O my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, I'll worship your holy name. Oh, oh, oh. 
Please sit down. Let's pray together. Let's pray. Generous God, we come individually and together as your people to be resourced, inspired and blessed. We come thankful for the self-giving love of Jesus. Inspired by his example, may we be generous and giving with no reward other than knowing we are doing your will. We ask this in his name. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you in sorrow for our selfishness, in regret for our greed, in despair over our blindness and deafness to the needs of those around us. With penitent hearts, we seek your forgiveness and your blessing to make us more generous, more giving, more able to see, and more willing to listen. Amen. Our God of generosity forgives those who truly repent. Our God lifts the burdens from our hearts and the blindness from our eyes, and sets us free to be the people we are called to be now in this time and here in this place. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Do come on in. That's fine. I don't know how many of you were like me, But when I was a lot younger, actually an awful lot younger, about 10 years old, I was asked to help take up the offering, the collection, take the collection plate around the church. Put your hand up if you've ever done that. Okay, right, so I wasn't alone. Well, I would take the plate round and and I couldn't help but notice what people were putting on the plate. And I, lots of thoughts were going round in my mind. And I kept thinking, as I looked around, hmm, they put that in. Oh, they put that in. Well, did you know Jesus did exactly the same? Listen to this from Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, and there's an image there to help you. Starting at verse 41, Jesus sat near the temple collection box and watched as people put money in. Many rich people put in a lot of money. Then a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth less than a penny. Jesus called his followers to him and said, this poor widow put in only two small coins. But the truth is, She gave more than all those rich people. They have plenty and gave only what they did not need. This woman is very poor, but she gave all she had. It was the money she needed to live on. So Jesus saw a woman who was careful and thoughtful in her offering. It wasn't much, 
but it was pretty much all that she had to live on. Maybe her act struck a chord with Jesus, reminding him of the days that were coming up that lay ahead of him, where he would give his own offering, where he must sacrifice all of himself. Have you noticed how time and time again Jesus spent his time with vulnerable people, the outcasts, those who were poor, those who had no position or power in society. Perhaps he saw a heart of faith and trust revealed in their actions, despite the challenges and circumstances that they faced. Perhaps he wondered, did his disciples see what he was actually seeing? and whether they would understand his own offering, his own sacrifice. Another place I watch people is usually at harbours or airports or when people are travelling anywhere. And I watch what they do, what they buy. And perhaps they might remind me and you of events in your own life, perhaps some good, some bad. But maybe there are those times when you see somebody do something really generous. I remember once being at um, a till and uh, this woman was putting her shopping through and then they announced how much it was and she got all her money out and then she realised that she was a little bit short and the person behind her in the queue said, don't worry, love, and handed over the £1.10p or whatever that she was short of. And I just thought, how wonderful is that? And if that had been me one person forward, would that have inspired me to do that if ever I came across that again? It makes us wonder what people see when they watch our actions, when they hear our words. Will they be inspired to overwhelming acts of generosity and kindness? Perhaps when we think about the widow, does that stir us to do something similar, to think again about what we offer? But there's more to it than doing just an act of generosity. Because when others are watching, they will see what you do and your actions can inspire them. Would they always, whatever our actions are, would they always inspire others? But remember, it's not just about giving money. It's your words and your actions. It's the giving of all aspects of your life. Let's pray. God, we pray for eyes big enough to see the edge of your galaxy down to the depths of the sea and all around in every direction to see everything that's made by you. Thank you for your generosity, your overwhelming generosity in giving us Jesus. Help us to live and give generously too. Awesome God, thank you. Lord Jesus, today, whenever we feel we have little or a lot, help us to give our all to you. Amen. Now, you'll all be very familiar with the tune of this next one. 
because it's a chorus to the tune of What Shall We Do With a Drunken Sailor? And this one is, What Can We Do To Help Our Neighbour? What Can We Do To Serve Another? What Can We Do To Help Each Other? We Can Be Like Jesus. So I hope we can hear some instruments from the back there and lots of singing. We stand as we're able. to sing hooray and up she rises <laughs> thank you <laughs> can we sing it just once more then? <laughs> yeah. but we won't do hooray one two three what can we do to help each other what can we do to serve each other what can we do to help each other we can be like Jesus what can we do sit down. <laughs> our offerings to you that come in on the plate and as we bring our offerings to you that have gone in through the bank, we ask that as we Respond to your generosity that you will use these gifts to further your kingdom of love and hope and faith in this world and community. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're going to have, oh, what the children are doing at the back is they've got hearts and they're going to draw or write on it what they can do to help and serve each other and another, and um, they've also got some activity sheets around the message today. So we're going to have our first reading from Hebrews now. Thank you, Les. The reading is from (coughs) Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 to 28. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer, offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. And then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as man is destined to die once 
and after that to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Amen. Thank you, Leslie. The Jerusalem Temple was a magnificent building that dominated the Jerusalem skyline. For the Jews, it was a sign that God was at the center of their world. But the actual buildings can take over. And instead of pointing to God, they become the focus of faith. Take note here that the emphasis is not on the temple itself, but what it represents. In verse 24, it says, Jesus does not enter a sanctuary made by human hands. Of course, the Jerusalem temple was built by human builders, but it was built as a signpost for God's people, pointing beyond Jesus gives his all in order to restore humanity to God. The story that's being told is one of rescue. But note that all the saved are those who are eagerly waiting for him. These are people who urge the resist to try and rescue themselves and are content to allow themselves to be rescued by someone else. I wonder as we celebrate the anniversary of this building as part of our 200-year presence of Methodism in Bamber Bridge, what does this church building represent to you? Maybe it's family connections, or maybe, as we heard yesterday, part of the history of our community. Or maybe you're thinking about how the church buildings have changed over the years to meet the changing needs of the community. And we see that from the exhibition that Eric put up on the walls and table. But take a moment to consider what this building may mean to future generations. 200 years have passed. That's incredible, really, isn't it? I wonder what the next 10 years will look like. At the end of the day, we know this is only a building, but it's made up of God's people, the church, and that Christ is the world in which we move, which brings us hope, as we know that God has not finished with us yet. We're going to stand and sing, Christ is the world in which we move. We praise God that he hasn't finished with us yet. This is the world in 
And now we'll have our Old Testament reading from 1 Kings. Thank you, Marley. This reading is from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 to 16 entitled, The Widow at Zarephath. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family, for the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Marlene. Let us pray. Eternal God, you call us to this time and place to still our minds and gather our thoughts, to see the immensity of your giving to us. You are the giver of life in all its fullness, the giver of gifts beyond compare, the giver of more than we can imagine or comprehend. We come before you now, hearts and minds open and hands ready to receive. Amen. The example of the widow's offering is extremely relevant to the current discussions going on at COP26. The wealthiest nations whose current prosperity has been built on burning fossil fuels are debating how much of their wealth they can sacrifice in the name of arresting the climate change. Meanwhile, less developed countries and those most vulnerable to the effects of climate change, such as the small islands of the Pacific or those countries that have not contributed as much to our current predicament, they're being forced to take proportionately greater action. 
Us richer nations are giving out of our abundance, as Jesus says, whereas poorer countries are giving all that they have. The West have already started making the switch to renewable energy, but countries such as India currently depend on fossil fuels and have 27 million people who still don't even have access to electricity. Like the people in front of Jesus, countries today have differing capacity to change and start from different positions. But the key issue is giving sacrificially and not just for show. Jesus is watching. In our Gospel reading... Jesus sat and watched from opposite the treasury as the crowd offered their gifts. Speakers at the COP summit have said, the world is watching. But we know the creator of the world who gave humanity stewardship over it is also watching. For Christians, there's a sense of accountability to a God who will ultimately judge each person for the actions that they've taken. This is true for our leaders, but also for each one of us in terms of how we steward the resources that each of us has been given. But also how well we engage with the machinery of politics to demand our leaders work for the good of all of God's creation. Let's think for a moment about what we're currently giving. Anyone who was a vegetarian before the current publicity around COP26, before that all began, is justified in pointing out that their diet has a smaller carbon footprint than those of us who eat meat. However, the account of the widow is one of sacrificial gifting not resting on what has already been done. Politicians are never quick to demand painful sacrifices from their electorate. But we know that the crisis facing our planet is one that is serious and has lasting changes. The model for Christians is always Jesus, who gave up everything for us. We can't always demand that others make the changes that are required without first looking at ourselves. We can look at how we travel, what we buy, what we eat, how and where we take holidays, and then we can demand from the companies we buy from to make sure that they make genuine and meaningful changes and withdrawing our custom if they don't. Many people ask, when does giving stop? And then there's the saying, charity begins at home, and it's often used to limit what we will give or do, and to whom. But there was a 17th century clergyman, Thomas Fuller, who said, and others since, charity begins at home, but should not end there. And then Charles Dickens amended it another way. Charity begins at home, but justice begins next door. I wonder, can you think of practical ways to respond 
to God's generosity to us. Are we prepared to be giving our all? And it's not just around money or material goods or our lifestyles. But time too is a precious commodity. How do we use our time to serve God and our neighbour, both near and far? Jesus is not only watching, but is with us in all that we give. As Jesus gave himself to us, he is the gift that keeps on giving like that oil that never ran out or the flower that never emptied. So we can thank and praise God. So in light of that knowledge, we stand and sing, Lord of creation, to you be all praise.
to our prayers of intercession, our prayers for the world and for others and for ourselves. Let's pray together. Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, as we come now to share in our prayers for others, we recognize that you are closer to us than we can ever know. And you love us and those we have concern for more than we can ever imagine. You know all about the situations we have concern for. And you're already working in our world. But you invite us to share with you in that concern and service. We pray for the COP26 climate change conference still taking place in Glasgow. We thank you for the decisions that have been made, but we pray for the ongoing work which is going on between the nations to help to save this beautiful planet which you have made. We pray for those who live in places most affected by the results of climate change, suffering, drought, floods and wildfires. Give them a reason for hope that people care and things will change. We pray for the people affected by the oil tanker fire in Sierra Leone. Comfort the injured and the bereaved and help that community to heal and to rebuild. We pray for your worldwide church that it may always be willing to listen to your prompting, not caught up in the rules and rituals which you condemned while you were here on earth. We pray for any we know who are sick or sad or lonely or bereaved. And in a moment of quiet, we think of those in our hearts especially who we know. As we celebrate the anniversary of the opening of this worship and community centre, we thank you for the 200 years of Methodist presence in Bamber Bridge. As we praise you for the past, may we not always look back to what we think may have been a better time or look forward with heavy hearts wondering what will happen in the future, but celebrate our faith and hope and your love in the here and now that we may be open to what you are doing and take up your invitation to join you in this adventure of love and service. In Jesus' name we pray. And we say together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. We're going to sing together <clears throat> the song, As Your Family Lord, See Us Here, in preparation for our communion service. Number 571 in Singing the Faith.
Last month, or last time we had communion, we tried a different way to see if it was any faster. Well, it wasn't any faster. So we're going to revert back to how we were doing it. And for those who haven't um, been here before, I will come along and uh, drop the wafer into your cupped hands. You will then consume your wafer. There are gluten-free wafers as well, so please um, indicate if you would like a gluten-free one as I come round. And then the cup will be brought round to you. And then um, is the is the is still at the back? Okay. And then as you leave, if you keep hold of your cup, and as you leave, there's a container to drop your cups in at the end. Um, all are welcome at the table. Um, so please feel free to either ask for a blessing or, um, when I say at the table, removed. <laughs> right, we'll start with our, our liturgy now. Thank you, Luke. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We praise you, gracious Father, our maker and sustainer. You created the heavens and the earth and formed us in your own image. Though we have sinned against you, your love for us was constant and you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to be the saviour of the world. Sharing our human nature, he was born of Mary and baptised in the Jordan. He proclaimed your kingdom by word and deed and was put to death upon the cross. You raised him from the dead. You exalted him in glory and through him you have sent your Holy Spirit calling us to be your people, a community of faith. And so with angels and archangels and all the choirs of heaven, we join in the triumphant hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy God, we praise you that on the night in which he was betrayed, Our Saviour Christ took bread, gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembering therefore his death and resurrection and proclaiming his eternal sacrifice, we offer ourselves to you in praise and thanksgiving as we declare the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Send down your Holy Spirit that these gifts of bread and wine may be for us the body and blood of Christ. Unite us with him forever and bring us with the whole creation to your eternal kingdom. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we worship you in songs of everlasting praise, blessing and honour and glory and power, 
be yours forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. We are one body because we all share in one bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Those who come to me shall not hunger, and those who believe in me shall never thirst. Could you turn my mic off, Luke, please?
Let us pray together. We thank you, Lord, that you have fed us in this sacrament, united us with Christ, and given us a foretaste of the heavenly banquet prepared for all people. Amen. And isn't it great to know that as God has been faithful throughout the last 200 years and and so many more before, but particularly in Bamber Bridge, great is, is his faithfulness to continue. So our closing hymn is Great is Thy Faithfulness.
down just for one second so that you can all see. Because they've been very busy. Do you want to read out what you've got, Ava, on yours? Love, thankfulness, courage, and hope. And she's got some beautiful pictures there. And Jemima's been busy. She's made rainbow hearts to remind us of all God's promises. And you've got happiness, love, help, and joy. Thank you, Arush. And Stanley, show us yours. Jesus is the light of the world. He's got a lighthouse there all colored in. And, sorry, what's your name? Harriet. And Harriet's got a beautiful picture of a king there, hasn't he? Wonderful. Should we give them a clap? Thank you very much. Okay. You can go back now. Thank you. Our closing prayer. Generous God, make us generous. Generous in joy and generous in love. Help us to remember what we've heard today. Remind us every day that we need to share our love for you with others, that we need to give and live generously, for you are a generous God. Be with each one of us and all whom we love this week and always. Amen. We bless one another with the words of the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the 